This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I haven't got a clue what day it is. I haven't got a clue what time it is. Can two people help me out virtually? Nathan Edge, what day is it? I think it is the best time of the week. Cam Felton, what time would that be? It's 3pm uh, on a Saturday afternoon. That's right, it's Saturday, it's 3 o'clock. And whilst we're still in lockdown, probably, still without football, definitely, and all at a loose end, 100%, we thought we'd take the chance on this podcast, the best time of the week podcast, to all join forces again after a couple of weeks' absence and have a bit of a catch-up. And of course, today, with it being nine years since the Stags were at Wembley on Thursday, reflect on arguably the worst FA Trophy final ever played. In fact, probably the worst cup final ever played. Nathan Edge, I've got a pondering question for you from a socially distanced location. How on earth did that Mansfield Town team ever get to Wembley Stadium? (laughs) I mean, that's the success in that, uh, I think, in that journey, isn't it? Actually, just get in there because uh, it was uh, it was a miracle when you when you think about it. And we didn't, uh, typical Mansfield, really, we didn't get there the easy way either, did we? So, um, yeah, uh, I don't think we can be surprised that we didn't go on to win. Uh, although, just uh, when when it came to the final, we've been against Darlington and the, the team that would be out prior to that, which were probably one of the favourites to win the competition, uh, actually fancied us, uh, which is quite typical, because then we go and lose Absolutely. in uh, typical Mansfield fashion. Absolutely. We'll go into the nitty-gritty of how we managed to get to that cup final. Uh, of course, this week's episode is the Mansfield Matters podcast, the best time of the week. Wembley way, Wembley woe. And of course, it's an apt time to tell you, uh, of course, that today's episode will be sponsored uh, by Interrupting Dogs, because we have not one, not two but literally loads of podcast dogs, don't we, Nathan Edge? Explain. Yeah, I, I'm, we're, we are now back open at Mansfield Dog at Acre, so uh, I'm, I'm currently uh, recording this from uh, via Skype from the reception area, and I've got my retired guide dog, Hudson. He's the one that you can hear right now, barking in the background. And no doubt when a new dog arrives, they're not, they're not coming through here, which is which is good. They're going, going in through the back, but no doubt Abby will hear that as well and join in the barking. So I can only apologise uh, from, from now on. And we all know as well that my podcast dog, Harry, uh, who was with us uh, many a times during the regular season, is with me as well. Um, he, at the moment, is on the garden, so I'm hoping he won't interrupt us, but it's Harry, he will. Cam Felton, have you got any dogs to add into the mix? 
I've got a podcast parrot, but I'm sat in the living room, in the front room, so might not be able to hear him. Jesus Christ! What I've got? I've just thought: Do I need to put a language warning on this podcast? Does the parrot swear? Uh, Quite regularly, but I don't. Jesus Christ, I look forward to that at some point uh, in this episode. Uh, right then, let's get the episode underway. This is the best time of the week. This is Wembley Way, Wembley Woe. Picks it up inside. Luton territory. He's got Silk in support and finds him. He's got Thompson inside but looks to push it towards the feet of Mitchell. It's a great ball. Can he turn inside the area? Shoot! Scores! Mansfield take the lead. What a fantastic goal by the Stags. Mansfield 1, Luton 0. And it's Mansfield Town who have the advantage. Fantastic break by the Stags. Luton score. Luton a level. Mansfield backs and backed off. And it's Lloyd Osawu who draws Luton level. It's Luton 1, Mansfield 0. But an aggregate, it's at 1-1. Mansfield Town now have it all to do. Just the face of goal, here's Briscoe! What's he giving here? Penalty! Mansfield now have a real opportunity that I cannot want. Louis Briscoe, this is your moment. Keep your head, put it in the net. Send us to Wembley. Runs up. Save! Briscoe on the rebound. Yes! yes. Goal. Get in there! Mansfield, Mansfield Town are going Town. to Wembley! I'll get in there! Town get in there! Keep an eye on the referee. Oh, the heart is beating. Taken short, still wasn't clear on to it. Get it clear, get it clear. And then, yes! Mansfield are going to Wembley! Mansfield Town are on the way to Wembley! Tom Naylor, who's been the man of the match for me, runs over to the Mansfield Town fans. Darlington, watch out, because Mansfield Town are coming to get you. Very deep into the Mansfield box, course. Mansfield problems all afternoon. And it comes now, Mansfield needs to get it clear. Into the box, Murray's up there, runs loose. Off the bar, it's in, Darlington have won the FA Trophy. Disaster for Mansfield Town. Darlington seal it late. The Quakers have just capitalised on a loose ball. And from the verge of a footballing lottery, Mansfield Town have thrown away the FA Trophy. Another dream has been smashed for the Stags. The season was 2010-2011, arguably for a Mansfield Town fan, one of the worst seasons ever. Yet, somehow at the end of it, as we said at the start of the show, we managed to reach Wembley Stadium. It was a season in which the start of a journey was born as John Radford brought the club and started to transform it. It was also a season in which the turnstile on the main main office, the main reception was removed as David Holdworth was removed from post and replaced by his assistant Duncan Russell who against the odds and against being locked out of the one call stadium somehow Mansfield Town managed to reach Wembley Stadium Cam Felton I'm going to come to you first because you would have uh, you were around at this point you would have been very very young but what do you uh, remember from uh, Mansfield's journey to Wembley in that season in general uh, mental. I think that's a good word to start. Really, it's a very good good start. Yeah, because it was just so 
unexpected and it, it just the way that we did it as well and just being that like was it like the first gate like the only game that we played away from the ground at the time was in the FA trophy against Worksop well yes and no that's a very it's an interesting point that one and um, we'll come on to it a little bit more when we get to that game um well, it, it, it was it, but it wasn't yeah, it was. It was a weird one, but the whole thing we just fluked his way through on replays every time, and there wasn't a convincing win. Oh, other than the first game, it wasn't a convincing game uh, win in the entire thing. Nathan Edge, uh, obviously, as as we say, probably one of the worst seasons uh, to watch uh, from from a Stags fan's perspective. Why? What do you think it was about that season which made it so bad? And was it the birth? of Mansfield Town as we know now? Um, I think it was a combination of the years before, to be fair, the way the club was being run. Um, to get to that stage, you know, there was only one place, only one one direction we were going, and that was uh, not, not a positive direction. So it was no surprise we got to that point. Uh, as you just sort of mentioned there, the, the, the biggest thing about that season, the sort of, uh, even more so, obviously, than getting to Wembley, was the fact that we was taken over, which was obviously turning a new leaf for the club, and 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 things were going to change from that point. But that that change isn't going to wasn't going to happen overnight. And obviously, you still had that that team, that revolving door that we had, where we had every player under the sun really that you can get at that level. Um, you know, we still had a lot of those that needed clearing up, which was happening. Um, so it was just a very unstable time for the club. And we all know that with instability off the pitch, normally brings up the same results on the pitch. So it was no surprise that we were as poor as we were at that time of the season. Yeah, and it was, as you say, one of those seasons which had many, many things. It was, of course, the season of Tyrone Thompson's own goal as well. Um, so that, that sort of highlights the sort of standard of the squad uh, we had. We are going to dive into how we got to Wembley uh, as the episode goes on. But let's start at the end. Uh, let's remember the reason why we're doing this podcast, of course. If you'd have been watching our Facebook page on Thursday, this is going to be confusing for Nathan and Cam because it's actually Tuesday when we're recording this. If you were watching our Facebook page on Thursday, we had the second edition of the Mansfield Matters Quizcast where I asked you all sorts of questions about our Wembley run. Um, but this, that, of course, is why we wanted to do this podcast because it was nine years... Uh, to the day on Thursday since we reached Rembley. So I'm going to start off with uh, you, Cam Felton. Um, this will go horribly wrong if you if 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 you didn't go. I'm sure you did. What are your memories of going to Wembley? If you say you didn't go now, I'm ending the call with you. You're out of this podcast for today. Oh, it was the most incredible day. Like honestly, other than the result, because it was absolutely brilliant weather and it was a positive atmosphere, and we had a real sense that we could win it. And it was fantastic going down there. You meet fans on the M1, on the services, all up and up and ready and drinking quite heavily, granted. But they were, it was were positive. And then you get to Wembley, you park up in, in the numerous car parks and you head down onto Wembley Way and the, the atmosphere was just unbelievable. With fans rammed in the pubs. I think we took twice, nearly twice as many as Darlington did. So it was very much a a stags orientated day because you walk down through north london and it was just yellow blue and yellow everywhere and it was brilliant 
what a time then, to be yeah, alive. It, it, it was brilliant. And then you just get into the game and it's like, oh, no, it's typical Mansfield, isn't it? You have to say, though, and, and the game itself, and I'm sure we'll touch upon it later on when we come full circle, but Darlington were about as good as us. So that's what makes it the worst cup final. It could have gone either way. Oh, definitely. Uh, tired legs and and you could see that even even in the, the semi-final against Luton, they were by far the better team than us at their place, but we fluked through. And it just showed that we, that our team struggled to do 90 minutes, never mind 120. So we we knew if we were gonna if we were gonna lose, it'd be an injury time, and everyone were expecting penalties. And it's like, oh no, not another penalty shootout. Because was it the first penalty shootout since since millennium? No, it that, wouldn't have been. It? No, and uh, this is uh, quiz, this is quiz question. Uh, Nathan, I'm going to come to you to see if you can get it right. Mansfield Town had participated in a penalty shootout within a, comp- a cup competition whilst we were in the conference. Uh, who against and what competition? It was the first season, very first season. Oh, I, re- I know it is, yeah. Oh, God, I can't remember that far back. Oh, uh, as, as far as I remember, it was York City in the, what was the Satanta Cup. Satanta Shield, you were very close. I'll give you that, though. I'll give you that. Yes, and we uh, we, we lost. That, to be honest, and uh, I, I don't think we had a penalty shootout after after that. So it would have been because obviously Luton, it was seconds away from penalties, as we'll come on to later on. But um, Briscoe managed to score uh, that goal, which he spoke about a few weeks ago. Um, yeah, I don't think we had a penalty shootout after that. I certainly can't remember one anyway. So uh, yeah, it would have so been it, it, with the way that the game was heading. It was just. You was expecting it, and then it was just absolutely gut wrenching, and it was awful to to watch. And it's just it, it it made the whole day just really rubbish. And we had so much expectation going down there, and then just to be just like kicked in the teeth in the last minute. It's like we never expected to get there in the first place, but we we still wanted to win, and and the way that we lost it was just the worst way possible absolutely absolute heartbreak nathan edge what do you remember about your experience uh, of the day well a bit like uh, cam said it was it's a bit like one of those extreme away days where it's uh, a superb day up to the point of kickoff really which is kind of standard for mansfield town i think uh, it's usually the football that ruins the away days uh, most of the time but um no it was that, that atmosphere something that you're not going to get Oh, you, you know, you don't. Not many clubs get the opportunity to have. Um, so yeah, even though it's obviously on a much smaller level, uh, but let's face it, bar the playoffs, we're we're never going to get to uh, to Wembley any other way. So even though it was for the FA Trophy, which is you know Mickey Mouse Cup, um, by all means, you know it's, you still want to go out there and enjoy it. So it was it was a great day. We took down a really good following. Um, and the good thing is, I think. What I remember quite well is not just the day, but the actual lead up to it. So that week, when you go around the town, everybody was talking about it. People that weren't even football fans, you know, were yeah. uh, were going to the ground and picking up tickets and uh, and sort of it kind of brought the town together in a time where there weren't many opportunities really. So that was something I do remember pretty well uh, and I enjoyed about it. But then, as I said a minute ago, when when the football began, you just it was a an awful game. I mean. I wouldn't have wanted to, wanted to be a neutral watching that at home, 
um, to be honest, because uh, it was one of the it, worst games ever, even wasn't for it? Conference level, it wasn't a good advertisement of football, I don't think. <laughs> Absolutely, I don't know how they managed to put a whole highlights package together. I remember, um, I don't know if you can remember, slightly afterwards, um, the club brought out a, a DVD of the day, a behind the scenes DVD. So they had sort of footage of the press day, they had footage of them going down a couple of days before, getting the suits, getting into the hotel, that sort of thing, the training sessions, and they put extended highlights on. Um, with the commentary from from Stag's player, and I don't know how they got extended highlights because it it was yeah dr- a drab game to say well, the least. Five minutes of uh, of the actual game, but uh, fifteen minutes of the uh, of them putting on the suits and stuff. Really, that's probably how it works. It should have been. I mean, to be honest, I had a copy of that DVD and I was looking for it. Um, I've, I've looked for it a few times. I can't find it. I must have lost it. So if anybody has got a copy of that DVD and would be willing to send it me just to watch, um, you can have it back after. I just want to watch it once. Um, that would be fantastic. Because I'm on. Because I'm, the reason I say it is I'm on the DVD somewhere. That's why you bought it in the first place, wasn't it? Probably, yeah. Um, no, I mean, obviously you spoke about your experiences there a little bit. Um Nostalgia time for me, really. It was a weird experience because, as many of you who listen to this podcast will know, um, I had a stint at one point as a commentator. Um, And in February 2011, I was offered the opportunity to become a lead commentator for a a radio station in Sutton in Ashfield uh, called Takeover Radio, which is where, unfortunately, uh, at some point in my life, I met one member of this podcast crew. Um, and another member of this podcast crew. <laughs> In fact, this is, yeah, actually, because of this is how I met you both. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, well, so, it, it, yeah kind of. No, yeah, I think, yeah, totally, because I met you there because <laughs> that's where you came to do your training. That's where we properly met. And it was the first, I knew of Nathan, but it was the first time I'd ever met Nathan at, at the station, even albeit well, years later. So, um, but then left, but then went back. So I don't know. No, I can't take full responsibility here. Well, I think we should. But anyway, long long story short, um, that was the birth, really, of my journey into proper broadcasting and um, you know being a, a presenter and being an editor, producer, that sort of thing. And I started. I remember my first. I had a test game, which was the uh, Alfreton, um the Alfreton replay. Um, but obviously I couldn't get a press pass in time, so I was actually stood in the away end uh, recording commentary into my phone. Sadly, I haven't got the recording of that, but I have oh, got record. I have. Mm-hmm. What do you mean, fortunately? That's, that's just cheeky. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have actually got highlights from Chase Town onwards, so I will put them in at some point during this podcast. But I remember, obviously, getting the, the buzz and the excitement of getting to Wembley and seeing everybody else get their tickets. Now, I knew kind of that I would be commentating on the game but it took longer for the tickets and the confirmation to come through so I'm sitting at home all the town as you said Nathan are talking about this fantastic feeling of getting to Wembley and to uh, you know being able to go and watch their team at the national stadium and all the excitement and I hadn't got confirmation yet and I was absolutely like like terrified that I wouldn't get either get a ticket or wouldn't get confirmation or get to do it and Fortunately, I did, and then fortunately, uh, I went to the press day, interviewed um, John Radford, the chairman, Adam Murray, um, the manager at the time, uh, Duncan Russell, who sadly is no longer with us, and I remember all that experience, but as I think back now, I don't have many regrets, 
but one of my main regrets is that I didn't um, I don't think I appreciated it as much as what I would have done now if that makes sense it just sort you sort of just get wrapped up in the bubble and I, I would absolutely love for us to you know be commentating would be great but for us as a podcast to have been around then and for us to have done that together do you know what I mean I think that would have been a, a really great experience I mean, yeah, it would, but <laughs> it'd have been absolutely mad because you think we, we'd have had all this build-up and at the, at the time we wasn't getting the media coverage. So Well, that's right, that's the point. Got... Um, to, sorry to cut no, you off, that's, yeah, that, mean... that's the point. Um, at the time, the, especially the, the Chase Town and um, the Luton, the, the Chase Town and the Luton games, really, we were the only, only people other than Radio Nottingham that were actually doing commentary so there was a i don't i don't think i quite understood the um the responsibility of having to report on it and and do it but obviously everybody then jumps on board for the final which was a shame Hmm. well yeah and it it, just think if obviously we get relatively all right views and we get people interacting and, and well we've got no real competition really um but just think, if, we, if we'd have done this 10 years ago, nine years ago, we'd have been through roof. We'd have been, we'd have been on top of the world, lads. It's a different age. You didn't even have Facebook Live back then, so our usual weekly podcast couldn't have been a thing, and uh, podcasts certainly weren't as uh, as popular. So it's a different world, but at least um, you, you look back at it, don't you? Like, you're, you're a part of it, but like you said there, Craig, you sort of was so new to it so you probably couldn't fully appreciate it and you couldn't make the most of it because it was like what three months later from when you actually started so yeah i mean it was talk pro- about yeah. Into re- it, like. yeah into the deep end <laughs> i mean to to be able to to be able to say that i've commentated on a on a cup final on my team at wembley stadium is, okay. is great in it's great in itself but to do that after what three months of you know being a, a commentator properly rather than just sort of and I mean this in no disrespect, so I appreciate the opportunity I had when I first started, but rather than just being a runner, uh, it was a great feeling, but again, not one that I took in. But I also remember, I've managed to find, as I said earlier, some old uh, audio and stuff. I've actually just found um, the interviews from Press Day, so I'm going to drop some of those in uh, later on, some clips of those. So I've got Duncan Russell, I've got bits from John Radford, uh, Louis Briscoe, Paul Connor. Paul Hall, Adam Murray. So I'm going to have to throw a few of those in there and make it a bit more nostalgic as well. Um, but it, it's just weird. But I'm also finding here a, a, um, a folder which just says Wembley Shows, which reminds me, in the week leading up to it, I did a show, almost podcast-like, every single night in the lead up to it, which is just weird. <laughs> I think I overkill. <laughs> overkill which was great anyway uh, enough of uh, me nostalgia let's dive back uh, to the very start then we'll come back to the trophy uh, to the final later on in the show um i'm going to take you back to um of course uh, december of 2010 what do you remember about december 2010 nathan edge not a lot cam felton cold lots of snow cold lots of snow and a month or so earlier Something significant happened uh, a couple of months earlier. Something significant happened in the history of Mansfield Town. What was that? Oh, we got, obviously John Radford came in. Absolutely, he did. Um, and then something even more significant happened, as Podcast Dog says hello. 
um, something more significant happened um, where we had a bit of uh, controversy, didn't we, Nathan Edge? I mean, are we talking about your mate being sacked, or is this a different controversy? We're talking <laughs> about we're talking about chains on gates. Oh yes. So Man- <laughs> yes. So for those who uh, may not remember, John Radford did purchase the club, but the ground at the time was still owned by a certain Mr. Haslam. Um, and he decided, due to whatever reason, I'm not going to go into depth of the politics, uh, to lock the club out of the ground, uh, meaning that the Stags were without a home. Just at the time that the Stags had sacked David Holdsworth um, after a poor run of form. That was the greatest day ever, by the way. Um, remember it like it was yesterday, the 18th of November 2010. Brilliant day. Um, Duncan Russell in caretaker charge. Stags with no ground whatsoever. Works up in the FA Trophy first. It was originally due to be played on the Saturday. It got called off because of a frozen pitch. It was played on the Tuesday night. It was played at Ilkeston. But as you said earlier, Cam Felton, um, you asked was that the the only time Mansfield have played a home game out of the ground or something, didn't you? I wasn't sure because as far as I remembered, it was like, it was a home, it was an away game. Yes, it I was. Remember not, I can remember Worksop had the programme for it. Yes, it was. So the Stags have played games before away from uh, Field Mill when it was being redeveloped and, and things like that, as I'm sure historians will tell you. Um, but in terms of that season, Ilkeston had kindly offered to allow us to ground share. I don't know whether that was the season where Ilkeston had gone bust, so they just, the ground was just there to be used. I can't remember. I might be wrong. Um, it was around that time anyway. Um, but also Worksop uh, were were either kicked out or couldn't use their ground. So we ground sharing with Ilkeston. So we played, it was an away game, so works up with a home team. But our next home game was due to be played at Ilkeston. So it was a bit of a tester to see whether it could work as a home ground. Which was pointless in the end because I think we had about a month's worth of games called off, didn't we? Yeah, there were quite a few we that never, got called we off. We never actually had to play there. No, which is very fortunate because I don't think it, it, it quite it quite was uh, good enough for, for what we needed or for standards or whatever. But uh, you think at the time we were still pulling two and a half thousand a game because we weren't not that we were, people weren't turning up, but it wasn't the levels we were expecting. But it was it was creeping up on the previous season. I think it was about two and a half thousand again, two thousand. Yeah, it had it had the effect of John Radford coming in and taking over the club, and those who said, "Oh, we're not going to go until ex owners have been got rid of or whatever," um, had started to filter back. So that had had a bit of an effect. Has had um, the second of my mate. Um, so that you know, as you're right, your crowds were starting to creeping up, but Ilkeston, it just it just wasn't quite didn't quite have that feel, did it? Well, there is there is no ground in Nottinghamshire other than Meadow Lane and the City Ground that 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 would be capable of hosting us. Not saying that we're a huge club, but we, as as a county, we're not a we're not a massive footballing place. So we have our three main teams, and that's it. it like ground wise, it was a very very surreal um, situation, and and which we found ourselves in. Uh, as it happened, though, Nathan, it was an away game, uh, the first round tie, a five nil victory. Uh, what do you remember about that game? I'm gonna I'm gonna preempt your answer and I'm gonna say not a lot. Um, I mean, I was there. Uh, <laughs> that helps. For, as for um, you know what actually happened, we're going back so far. I barely remember last week. So uh, who were you again? Go by that. Uh, 
Oh, it's going to be testing. I could do with uh, some highlights, to be fair. Yes. Uh, so, 5-0 uh, win uh, for the Stags. Um, as I say, it would... Um, it was a, used as a bit of a tester, the, the ground. But uh, the game itself played relatively well. It was one of the first games uh, where Duncan Russell had been um, appointed. In fact, no, he was still caretaker manager at this point. Um, and John Radford, actually, quite interesting, was, was quoted... Uh, in the media a couple after um, Duncan Russell had been given the job as saying uh, that he'd, uh, he'd spoken to Dave Penny. Can you remember when he was rumoured for the job? Yes. Uh, and he but... was, and uh, Radford says that he was up for the job. However, he said um, to Duncan Russell off the cuff before the Ilkeston game that if we beat them 5-0, he'd get the job. Alas, we won 5-0. <laughs> Goal scorers for you. Um, Cam, do you want to try and have a little guess? I have no idea. No idea. Uh, Keegan Parker got things uh, up and running with a penalty on 16 minutes. Uh, Louis Briscoe, friend of the show, uh, added one uh, a minute into injury time at the end of the first half. Uh, Rob Duffy, uh, Simon Grand, and then um, at the very end of the game, 90 plus one, Luke Medley uh, stepped up to score a penalty. However... Uh, the only thing I remember pretty much about this game, um, other than the victory, of course, and getting through to the next round, was the fact on 82 minutes, the Stags did win a penalty and a farce ensued where Luke Medley and Rob Duffy almost came to blows over who would take the spot kick. I remember that. Like, I completely forgot about that until you just, just mentioned it. And yeah, I remember that. I was uh, a little bit embarrassing. It was embarrassing. Well, Rob, it Rob was... Duffy was an absolute hothead, though. Yeah, he was. He's probably still crying about wearing that away shirt. I mean, I don't know if that's the right season having the season after. No, but... it was, I think. I think it was. There was that, uh, that, that controversy as well. Yeah, with the uh, the St. George's Cross style shirt. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah. It was good. Um, <laughs> and Rob Duffy, I want to say won the fight, but it wasn't. Handbags at 10 paces. Uh, Rob Duffy won, won, the, won the fight, got to take the penalty, Um and then looked so disinterested and so riled, he missed. Yeah. <laughs> so in typical fashion, we had a punch-up about who would take it in, in a very... Ar- work, if I remember right. Possibly. I, I, I can't entirely remember. I just remember it was missed. Um, yeah. But it was, it was very petulant of Mansfield. And it, it was very, very embarrassing, as you say. And then obviously when we won the penalty in the last minute, Luke Medley, who lost the fight previously, sort of put the ball down, smashed it into the back of the net and... Uh, didn't go anywhere near Duffy, which was quite funny. I remember when uh, Luke Medley got the, the, the ball for that uh, final penalty, there was a lot of cheers from, uh, from well, from around where I was anyway. Yes. Uh, so I don't think uh, Rob Duffy was a very popular man after that game. No, I don't think he was in, entirely that popular anyway, to be fair, but there you go. No. <laughs> um, onwards into round two then, uh, 15th of January now. Um, of course, Newport at home. We love a game with Newport, don't we, Cam? Oh, God. Yes. Was that the first season Newport were in the conference? I think it was, um, because I remember um, the previous season, um, David Holdsworth was in charge, of course, uh, and his twin brother, the better twin, Dean, um, was in charge of Newport. Uh, They were in in the Conference South at the time. They romped to the title that year, didn't they, in the Conference South? Yeah, I remember. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so 15th of January, beat Newport 4-2. Um, we're a little bit hampered in terms of team selection because we had, uh, on loan from Luton at that time, Kevin Pilkington was back because Alan Marriott was out injured. Um, but Luton wouldn't allow him to play in that game. 
<laughs> so I think it was Neil Collett who was in goal uh, that day. Um, played relatively well. Um, we won 4-2, as I say. Paul Connor scored twice, 12th minute, 22nd minute. Keegan Parker also got on the score sheet and Louis Briscoe scored late on uh, as well uh, as well in, in, in that one. Um, but in that game, Keegan Parker's goal was actually, in total, the 100th goal of the season, both scored and conceded. If you add those two together at that point, that was the 100th goal. <laughs> Bit of a we random... We did. I say a lot of. I would argue that a lot of those goals in that hundred were goals conceded, rather than goals scored. But... Can we have the total of which which way was which, or have you just got the overall? I've just got the overall, but I I, I could get it, but I can't be bothered because it was it's far yeah. it's far too much maths, and we'd be here forever. So. <laughs> Anyway, moving onwards into round three, uh, 5th of February now, and we draw a local derby, kind of, Alfreton. Who... Yeah, that, that was a weird one, because they they, they were still in Nas- the National North at the time. Yes. And we were expected to just hammer them. And as far as I can remember, I don't actually think I went to either of these games... But I can remember the first one, listening to it on the radio or something, and it was just like the worst weather ever, and the pitch was basically a mud bath. Absolutely, and and this game was filled with controversy as well. So we drew one all. Uh, Nathan Arnold scored for Alfreton to put them uh, 1-0 up before (laughs) half-time, and then Paul Connor equalised just after the break. It was the first ever competitive fixture between the two. Obviously, we played him in friendlies and, and things like that before. Kevin Samwith was sent off after 12 minutes for us. And then um, they had a man sent off after 41 minutes as well. So red cards everywhere, mud baths and everything. And it was probably, it, that just, I, I guess, Nathan, that, that game and, and the way it played out with the red cards and, and being a bit of a farce highlighted that season, didn't it? Uh, you'd probably say so, yeah. Um, I think uh, when you got heavy pitch and stuff like that, by then I think we started letting a few players go as well and that you got... Um, I mean, you already mentioned them with the goalkeeping situation for the prior game, but it was our t- our squad at that point was already getting a bit stretched. So um, I want to say there's no surprise that we were struggling against teams like that. But I mean, we shouldn't have been. We're we're a professional club, and 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 they're not. So we sh- we should have uh, like like we expected. We should have been putting them to bed. But as you uh, as well as we found out very quickly, it wasn't going to be that simple. And when you think about it, Alfreton, as you mentioned, first competitive game. I remember there was a lot of Chesterfield fans, I think, that yes. joined that as well for, for them, which added a bit more spice to it. Um, and, and we just didn't, well, live up to it, basically, because uh, it felt like a local rival, which is uh, pretty sad when you think about it, but that's what it was at the time. Uh, and in typical Stags fashion, we, uh, we we didn't do what we need to do with the home fixture. And to be fair to Alfreton at that time as well, they, you know, we were saying about Newport, the game before they got promoted from the Conference South, Alfreton got promoted from the Conference North that season as well, which just highlights what a good squad they, they were at, at that time. Mm. Well, yeah. Oh, I found the uh, the whole goal situation. Oh, we're going back how... to that, are we? Yeah, go on then. Uh, we, score... <laughs> we scored 73 which was all right, which is good. We conceded 75. Is that, the, just is the, that, the, that the season in the hole, uh, at the hole? That's the season as a whole. All right, so what I think what Nathan was looking at um, was... I can't uh, find that, the exact things for that. that Jesus. Of course you can, <laughs> I found it. 
course you can have them. I find the exact fixtures, but I'm not counting them. Oh, it's just that, I mean, it's almost like he doesn't care, Nathan. Have you seen the I mean, numbers on it, yeah? A bit more effort than you, wasn't it? But... <laughs> I, 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 mean, I put proper effort in. I had no, I've got no, notes I mean, and everything. The run of fixtures from this FA from the first round of the FA Trophy, you win 5-0 at Worksop, you win 5-1 at Cambridge, and then you get hammered 7-2 at Grimsby. I remember the Cambridge game well. and that We, right. played, we played in, the, uh, in that uh, St. George kit in that one. I think it was over the Christmas period. How many games? It would be interesting to see how many games we had called off around that period. Could have a, I'm going to have a little quick look. Talk amongst yourselves. Uh, uh, we had, well, we played on the 27th of November. We played Wrexham at the racecourse ground, and that was a one-all draw. We didn't play again until the 14th of December, which was the 5-0 win at Worksop in the FA Trophy. Yeah, that was when, uh, obviously, Duncan Russell was in caretaker charge, and he got the job midway. Uh, between that, how much? Um, obviously, you know, we'll, talk, we'll just go off into a bit of a side tangent for a second. Obviously, um, Duncan Russell sadly is no longer with us; passed away a few years ago. Um, but again, he he would have been a fantastic guy to to get on and and to hear the stories of uh, and things like that um, on one of our podcasts. But how much um, credit do you think should go to him, Nathan, about how far we got that season, considering? You know, the amount of players we had injured, the lack of sort of youth team being able to feed into that and all the stuff which was tying into that um, as well with suspensions and injuries. How much credit do you think he should uh, should get for, for, for you know, creating, a, even though we lost, creating a special day in our memory? Uh, a hell of a lot. Um, and I think uh, whenever we've spoken with players that have uh, that that sort of played under him they've all they've all had very good things to say about him so you know he does deserve a lot of credit in a time where uh as, as we've mentioned probably our, our our worst probably squad we've ever had basically um so to get us to a cup final um when wasn't in great form it, it gave us something to remember otherwise that that season would let's face it apart from uh, the takeover and some of the um, craziness things that went on, aka Tyrone Thompson's super bone goal. Um, you know, it'd just be nothing. We won't be sat here doing a podcast on it. It would be not, a, a non-talker. Uh, so, and uh, once to forget in the memory, oh, we'll probably go down in our worst ever season. So was that our lowest ever finish as well? Yeah, it was. League? Yeah, so, I mean, if you look at some of the results, so yeah. At least we've got something positive to. Well, a couple of things positive to bring out that season and. And I'd say if he didn't get us to that that final to stay, we still would not have uh, played at the new Wembley. So uh, you know, he, he, to to galvanise. Oh, hang the, on, hang on, hang squat. on. Wait, 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 wait. It was it was hidden behind my laptop, so I wasn't ready for it. Hang on, wait, 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 wait. We'll pretend. We'll pretend. I'm not going to edit this back in, so this will be uh, in in the actual podcast. <laughs> but we'll pretend that I was ready. Let's go for it again, Nate. Go. So to to galvanise the squad. Thank you. Harry Box. Now I'm going to uh, kill you. Yeah, you definitely deserve a lot of, uh, a lot of credit uh, at, that, at that moment in time. It was a tough time to manage a team. What a top man as well. Always uh, approachable, always nice to speak to. And for a little bit of a throwback, I will play uh, later on that a bit of uh, 
uh, the clip of, of Duncan Russell when I was spe- speaking to him after that Luton game and after in the build-up to the trophy final uh, as well. Um, going back to the original uh, question about how many games were postponed during that period, uh, as you mentioned before, Cam, uh, we had a game um, at home to, Re- uh, to Fleetwood uh, postponed because of their participation in the cup competition. Uh, Barrow got called off because of uh, the, s- the snow. Um, obviously, the f- original tie with Workshop got called off because of a frozen pitch. Uh, Crawley away game, um, which we ended up playing in the build-up to Wembley, where we could only name three subs eventually when they were under Steve Evans, um, was called off um, due to a frozen pitch. That was due to be on TV, I think, as well. Uh, Grimsby home game got called off as well. So at that time, whilst you know that did us a favour in terms of um, you know pr- potentially not having a ground and having all those issues, we had all those games to fit in towards the back end of the season, plus the ones which were getting postponed because we were progressing the trophy. And I guess in the end, you know, if we're being really critical about um, our FA Trophy um, woes and being so near yet so far, it's those games around that period which perhaps contributed to the tiredness of legs and the uh, the very, very busy fixture schedule, which just left us a little bit too short, Cam. Well, yeah, exactly. You think, it, oh, great, over the Christmas period, we were fresh on legs and we'd got all this all this time to work on the training ground. But we had a horrific record, to be honest. We did. We other, were very poor. Other, excluding the cup, we won three. No, two over the Christmas period. No, actually, no, one. <laughs> Which says a that, lot. Ridiculous. Which says a lot. Uh, let's move back to the uh, the trophy journey itself. Then we were talking there a moment or so ago before we went off on a typical tangent about the Alfreton home leg. Replay Alfreton away a couple of days later. Um, first time we'd ever been there in a game which wasn't a friendly. Were you there, Nathan? I was. I can't remember much of the game. I've been so many times since then. Every I've sort of merged them all into it? one. Yeah, absolutely. I would have been there. Yeah, I remember, like I said earlier, I remember being there um, commentating into my phone to get some practice in, um, in the stand behind the goal. Uh, it was very, very busy from what I can remember. There were a lot of Stags fans uh, which went there uh, that night. Very, as I say, very, very busy. I think we took nearly uh, 1,000. I think we took just over uh, 800 uh, that night, which just shows the support momentum it, it was gaining. But again, it was a, t- a typical Mansfield game where at half-time we were 1-0 down. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, comeback kings and all that. Absolutely. We, we like doing everything the hard way. We certainly do. The second half, though, the Stags, to the credit, actually came flying out of the traps. Paul Connor equalised on 60 minutes and then Keegan Parker netted what would prove to be the winner uh, on 77 minutes. Remember Adam Murray um, having a few efforts that night as well and we should have won it a little bit more comfortably uh, than we did. At this stage, obviously, you know, we've got through past round three now we're into the quarterfinals against um we get drawn against chase town when we get drawn against chase town nathan edge do you start thinking hang on a minute we could be in with a chance here if we avoid you know the so-called bigger teams we could be in with a real shout of yeah. of progressing if i remember correctly um out of all the teams that was available they were the lowest ranked team yeah they were even uh, stick prem i think yeah so you you when you're looking at the potential teams you could draw, you're just thinking, you know, if you get them, that's a, that's a buy into the next round, basically. Um, I mean, you should never think that, especially at the latter stage of the uh, of Cups, because you think they're, they're there for a reason. You know, they've earned their place to get into the quarterfinals, so you, you should never take it for granted. But you still do, don't you? You still look at it and think, oh, there are a few tiers below us. You'd uh, expect 
a professional club to to do the you know to, to, to do the job but god almighty did we uh you say a banana skin did we very nearly slip on it we absolutely did and uh that game as well i don't know if you can remember this is we a few weeks ago we did the ultimate team uh and we picked one of the goalkeepers was david groff now david groff was absolutely fantastic for us um from you know the um from from the Luton game onwards, but the Chase Town game, he very nearly made us exit the competition. It was his 89th minute howler which um, ended up earning Chase Town a replay. Which was yeah, just... I don't think he would have got into uh, into the ultimate team if uh, if that cost us the Wembley <laughs> trip. Absolutely. Um, well, he won't, I don't think his name would have come into consideration, to be fair. Um, very no. strange game, Chase Town. We'd obviously never been there uh, before. Um, fun fact for you, this is actually the first ever game that I did uh, as a lead commentator live. So I'd done a couple of testers and done some highlights and stuff before, um, but this was, the, this was the first game live. Um it was through Skype, which is quite ironic, uh, considering that's what we're still using now. They had no press box whatsoever. They'd put a massively long extension cable from the clubhouse or the dressing room to the front of the stand. I had no proper working headphones, so I'm there on my own commentating on this game, surrounded by Chase Town fans who were lovely, to be fair. Um, I had a massive cold because of nerves and everything and uh, as well, so I don't know how I got through the game. And the only other people that were providing commentary were BBC Radio Nottingham and midway through the second half, their feed went down. So I was the only person who could relay any sort of information at that time. And I didn't know that until the end, which was, uh, which was, which was great fun. But uh, the game itself, scrappy as scrappy can be. Paul Connor on the score sheet again, Louis Briscoe. Uh, but then that 89th minute um, howler from Groff, a replay we did not want Cam Felton. I don't think we want any replays, especially with our luck in cup competitions. Never never do well in cup competitions, and we know that. And you just, like you said before, it, it was just a potential banana skin, and especially with them being the plucky team, that are the last team in it, the lowest ranked, coming to uh, to us, we, even though we were, we were saying, like, oh, we want to avoid the big teams, i.e. Luton and whatever, we were a massive club compared to them. Absolutely massive. So the fact that they managed to take us to a replay was like uh, obviously a massive thing for them. So they've come into the in, into the replay thinking, oh, we're, we're going to have a go at this. We're, we're going to have a go at it. And it wasn't... Uh, I think that was the first game that I went to and it wasn't the easiest game ever. Fair enough, we won 3-1, but it was not easy. Yeah, and of course, that game as well. Again, we mentioned postponements earlier on. Um, we were supposed to play Southport on the Saturday. Um, that got postponed because of the FA Trophy. The Chasetown game was supposed to be set for the Saturday, postponed due to a waterlogged pitch. We were then supposed yeah. to play Crawley on uh, the Tuesday night, um, from which was already rearranged. That got postponed because of the FA Trophy, and we ended up playing. And I remember during the game as well, there was actually doubts that it might not go on because there was heavy rain during the day as well. So God knows where we'd have finished. We'd have ended up playing Saturday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday if uh, if that game didn't go ahead. Madness. We were talking about we were talking, we did the podcast about how how we'd finish the season and saying can you really play that many games? Well, we basically did back then anyway. So <laughs> it's not like we've never been there before. Uh, that's just um, that that's when you know you're non-league, isn't it? I yeah. Think when you 
getting matches postponed like that and getting replays against teams that you've never heard of, basically, and things. Uh, that was... We were right in amongst the non-league then, weren't we? Let's, we were. Let's be honest. I think, for me then, I think, you know, we... We, I spoke about this with Paul Cox a, a few weeks ago. When he took over, he said one of the main difficulties for him was to try and change the attitude that we were uh, a football league team because we weren't. We were a non-league team. And I think it was around that time, you know, when we were scrapping with the likes of Chasetown and Alfreton in a, in a competition that we'd never really, you know, heard of a couple of years previously, that mm. really highlighted that we were non-league and that really made me in particular wake up and think, we're not a football league team anymore. We need to stop being arrogant and start, um, you know, start digging our heels in and and actually playing and competing. Because if we don't, we're just going to end up further and further down. Yeah, you you just look at it and it's like we we had the Satanta Shield, and we obviously I think we went out the first round of that. That only existed for one season as well. So that was only the fir- the first season that we were in there. It never it, we never played another game in it after that. No, Satanta went bust. Exactly. ESPN bought them out. Um, and it, it was just... We, we'd never done well in cup competitions. I think... So, we... to, so to come into this competition and and get to where we were, it was, it was a massive surprise because we'd never... Like, the FA Trophy was not really something we'd ever been bothered about before. No, I actually can't remember. I mean, I probably am wrong and I will double-check this uh, later on, but... I actually can't remember us getting past round one before. I think this was actually the first time we'd ever got past round one. Yeah, well, I'm just gonna have a look now. <laughs> you've made me. You've made me wonder. I think I've, I'm sure. I'm sure that it's the first time that we'd ever got past round one as well. Because I think I remember thinking or saying at the time, you know, the first time that we've got past round one and we could end up going on to win it. And as Cam does his research, uh, Nath, obviously. Uh, at that point, going into that replay, because of the postponements and things like that, the draw had already been made for the semi-final. So Mansfield knew who they were going to get. It was the league leaders at the time, very, very favoured for uh, the competition in general and, of course, for promotion in uh, in Luton Town. Um, how much of a, an incentive, perhaps, uh, was that? Or, did you, or was it just a, a case in your head of, well, if we get through to play Luton anyway, we're probably going to be out? Yeah, that's exactly what I was about to say. That's probably uh, that probably would have been my thought process at the time. But at the same time, it's still uh, a good, you know, it's, it's a good game to have. But then you look at the fixtures at that point, and we had so many games called off, and uh, you, you think, oh, you're getting a bit of a backlog of of, uh, of fixtures. But then we had nothing else to play for. So although you know you don't expect to go and beat Luton, it, it made it still was better to be in that and be within a chance than to to, to you know to, to not be in at all especially when you're not you know you're not going for promotion um or or, re- or realistically even the playoffs that season so it would have been a bit different if it was if we were challenging you probably would be then thinking you probably wouldn't be as bothered about a cup run especially being uh you know an, an FA trophy cup run but i think it's just you expect to get past Chase Town, and then you just never know, do you? You never know what was going to happen in that next round, and as we as we went on to find out. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I, I just remember uh, in the build-up to that Luton game, or just thinking about we spoke a, a couple of minutes ago about you know the arrogance of we're an ex-football league team and, and all of this, but it, the boot was completely on the other foot because I think everybody will agree 
Luton and their fans are probably one of the most arrogant clubs that are out there, especially at that time in non-league because of the way they'd been down to non-league. So there was almost, Nathan, an absolute shift of uh, belief of they're the arrogant ones now. We've got absolutely nothing to lose. Yeah, well, that's it. There was a shift in the favourites. Obviously, they, they all of a sudden became the favourites, whereas up to that point, we had been the favourites in every game, um, which obviously means the other clubs are, are lifting uh, lifting themselves to play against us. Um, and as, as you mentioned, about well, that whole arrogance of, of the ex-football league teams, and like you said, like Paul Cox gets, said that we were still at a stage at that point of having that arrogance about us, which uh, was actually probably one of our downfalls, basically, uh, trying to still pretend to be that um, that football league team, whereas you got Luton and still pro- trying to, you know, pretending to be the Premier League Premier League team. So it's like you took it. We was still a smaller scale of Luton. So as we went to to, to draw them in the semi final, it, it was, the shoe was definitely on the other foot. Absolutely. Cam Felton, you were doing your research a moment or so ago about whether the Stags had actually got past round one previously. Have you st- are you still doing it or have you have you done it? Uh, no, we didn't. See, mm-hmm. I, I, I thought I thought that was the case. I thought that the was the case. The 8-9 season, obviously our first season in the league, we lost to Wrexham, 2-1. Uh, the 9-10 season, uh, we lost 2-0 at home to Tamworth. Ah, yeah. And then the following season, the 11-12 season, uh, which we reached the playoffs, we went out Droylsden. to Droylsden. And then I believe we lost to Fleetwood, maybe, in the 12-13 season. Possibly Fleetwood. 12-13, um, no. 12-13, they'd have been up, wouldn't they? Uh, would they? I don't know. I can't remember now. Um, oh, oh it wouldn't have been. No, 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 no. Oh, I'll 12, find it. 13. Uh, I remember Fleetwood in the FA Cup that year. Oh, I think. yeah. Well, I was Matlock. Matlock, yes, Matlock. Well done, Nathan Matlock. Edge. Matlock, well done, Matlock. Well done Nathan. So, uh, that was the. That's helpful. Uh, there's so many competitions, so many teams. That was the first round as well. Yeah, so we never, other than that, other than this season, we never actually got past round one, which is great. I, uh, which reminds me, obviously, after getting to Wembley in the uh, 10-11 season, that Drillsden game with Paul Cox, I, I was never really angry at a Paul Cox team or a Paul Cox performance, but after that game, I remember being utterly, utterly annoyed. Um, and he actually openly admitted on the on the podcast and um, the interview I did with him uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, which you can hear if you go to our website and things like that. Um, he openly admitted on there about he, that's probably the lowest he's felt as a manager because he, he felt like we should have done better in that competition and should have competed. That's where he needed to sort of start grabbing people around the scruff of the neck, which was uh, which was good to hear. Actually, it sort of calmed the fire a little bit, which was which was good fun. Uh, back to the Chase Town game, and obviously, you know, as I said, we got through that cam. Luton at home. Um, semi-final of a cup competition what do you remember about that did you do you agree about what me and Nathan said about the, the shift in the uh, the arrogance and the being the underdogs for once I mean Luton's Luton and you can't expect any different from them so um ish I think we were going into the game very optimistic uh, and I think the fact that we had the first leg, the the home leg first, was a, a bit of an advantage for us because obviously we won that game 
And then in the second leg, obviously going to Kenilworth Road, a very, very hostile atmosphere and always has been. The pressure's on Luton because they need the result. So then we knew that their fans would be on their back the whole game, which they were. And uh, the, the fact that Luton played so poorly in both games just made it even worse for them because it meant that we didn't have the pressure. We didn't have to play up to the occasion because we were the underdogs going into it. It was a very... So, but I think if we'd have lost, it'd be like, oh, well, we lost to Luton. We were expecting it. So there were no pressure on our backs at all. Yeah, it was a very, very strange time that. And I think going into that that game, as, as you would say, you know, absolutely nobody expected us um, to, to beat Luton, Nathan. But... Danny Mitchley pops up with that goal early doors. We played some really good stuff that day. Mitchley scores that goal. And I remember for the first time in, in ages, a real sense around the ground that actually something was, was brewing. Well, as I, sort of mentioned, as I mentioned earlier, that the league was, was, was sort of done and dusted. We were not going to go anywhere with that. So it was the only thing we really had to play for. So, um, you know... <laughs> Getting the goal against uh, against Luton, and that's when you could probably really start actually envisioning yourself at at Wembley. That's when you start actually starting to believe a little bit that you could do it, and it just gives everyone that lift. And um, it just made it made that away leg that little bit more possible. I think if we went there, um, you know, a goal down or with a draw, you you you, I think your mentality is so so different. Having something to to cling on to and um, yeah I think that's when you start to believe and that's when a bit of excitement starts uh, creeping in I mean I don't, and I don't like to get too excited with, with Stags because we know what normally happens when that happens when, when we do that but um, yeah I think it was hard at that point to finally have something because uh, we hadn't had anything for a while yeah. to, to get excited about I think yeah and I think Cam going into that second leg as well as Nathan said without that first goal under our belts we needed that because we knew that it wasn't you know, going to be signed, sealed and delivered. We knew that they were going to come at us all guns blazing, and they did. Oh, yeah. Um, it was crazy. It really was. But you wouldn't expect anything different of Luton. They're, they're coming in as, I think, they were, yeah, they were still league, league leaders at the time. They were expecting to go up last se- that season. They lost in the playoff final, didn't they? Yes, I believe so, yeah. AFC Wimbledon. Yes, yes, I believe so. Um, so obviously they they still got ambitions in the league, so they were focusing on the league. But then they've got to think, oh, we've got to dispatch a Mansfield Town first. And would you say that Luton underestimated us? Absolutely. I mean, I I remember um, again, as I've mentioned before, Luton's press box is right in the middle of the uh, of the main home stand. And like I said, I didn't really have any working headphones at that point. So I can hear everything that the Luton fans are screaming. Uh, I'm getting need in the back and everything. It was really, really hostile. And, and the arrogance from them saying, oh, we'll turn these over today. It doesn't matter that they've got a 1-0 lead. We'll absolutely turn these over and batter him. It was just out. It was, it was just a really, really arrogant way of, of thinking and they didn't they didn't care they they didn't really want to win that trophy they just thought oh it's just little old Mansfield we're going to absolutely steamroll them here and I think to be fair 
this is the game, Nathan Edge, where David Groff really came into his own because he had an absolute storm, a save after save after save. Yeah, and he had to, didn't he? Because uh, they, they did come out of the blocks. Um, and I think not just him, though, the whole team as a whole, I remember was putting in a... It was a very together performance. Um, and I think that's probably that whole, as I mentioned, that underdog sort of mentality where we've, we've got that thing, you know, where we've got that lead to protect. Uh, we've took a fantastic following. We've got that sort of... Uh, dangling diamond of the of, of a trip to Wembley at the end of it and you're also in the the cauldron of, of, of Luton town so there's so many things that actually got us up for the game and got us fighting which is probably what we needed under the circumstances because I'd um, you know confident wasn't, wouldn't have been uh, too high at the time so we had all those diff- different factors actually that probably helped us rather and 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 hindered them more than anything. Uh, and they totally gave a good go at it because they were a better side than us. They had better players. Uh, but as we know, not it's not the names on the team sheet that wins you, wins you the games. It's uh, how they perform as a collective. And that day, as a team, we, we did everything we needed to do. Absolutely, we did. We absolutely uh, played out of our skin. We played very, very well. Um, it was a game we're going to hear in a second. Um, I'm going to. I'm just l- f- scrolling through my archive now. I'm going to play uh, the highlights, and we'll have a little listen to those, and uh, you know, discuss some of the things of the game. But um, the main memory I have of that game is the full-time whistle, obviously, after Briscoe's goal. We'd, we'd scrape through and just the absolute scenes in the away end. There's a video floating around on Facebook somewhere and every time I watch it and hear it, the hairs on the back of my neck can felt and absolutely stand up. It was just that sort of game. and It was... When the full-time whistle went, it was just pure elation because we never expected to get that far, never mind to reach the final. <clears throat> so... When obviously when we do reach Wembley, I I didn't go to Luton for obvious reasons. I think I was about eleven. Yeah, and it's, and it's Luton. So uh, just listening back on the radio, it was just absolutely mental. So obviously, with you, you've got the effects mic on the on the radio down near the, the the away fans, and it was just brilliant hearing the Stags fans just roaring the team on. And when the final whistle went, it was just pure elation, and it was it was absolutely brilliant. And even from even sitting at home, the the hairs on the back of your neck stood up, and it was just a brilliant brilliant feeling because it was the first first major final. Well, I say major first cup competition final we'd been in for a lot. Well, ever since ever since the Stags were last at Wembley. Yeah, we we'd not done anything of real significance since, other than numerous. Failed playoff attempts at like Millennium, and that was our other biggest game. So to actually finally achieve something, fair enough, we didn't win it, but getting to Wembley was just still a massive shock and a a good shock. But obviously, it was hurt. It hurt that we lost, but it was still the biggest thing we'd achieved since actually reaching Wembley in the in the Freight Rover. Time now for some embarrassment for me, but some nostalgia as well. I've managed to find a file which says Luton 1, Stags 2, Aggregate uh, in a folder called Commentary Highlights. Are you two ready for this? Oh, this is going to be 
golden. Well, we shall see. Here we go. Game's underway then as Luton bring it out into Mansfield Trotter straight away. Free kick over the wall, right forward into the box. Great, Great save, save by David what Groff. A fantastic save. And that could be a potentially match-winning save by David Groff. Free kick came in. Uh, a good delivery in Barnes Homer. Great header to head it towards goal and, and uh, an instinctive save by Groff. Into the area. Napka with a shot. Great save by David Groff. Mansfield really need to switch on at the back. Really having a torrid time with it at the moment. Mansfield again can't get it clear and, and uh, Nick's has ball. Okay, hold Looking. that, hold that. Come on then, Danny Mixley. Helps in front of it. Mansfield could be in here. Danny Mixley races no, the other. No, Aim no, shot. no. That's it. No, That's the no, one. You no. had ball cutter in the box. He, Look did, he did the defender for pace. All he needed to do was go one-on-one -on -one with the keeper and place it. He didn't. He tried to chip the keeper who was on his line as well. Newton score, Luna level. Mansfield backed and backed off. And it's Lloyd Osawu who draws Luton level. It's Luton 1, Mansfield 0. But on aggregate, it's 1-1. Uh, one, one. Mansfield Town now have it all to do. Keith Keane pushes in Claude Napka. What can he do with it? Twist past Naylor. Good recovery though, but Luton still have it. On, Get Louis back in Briscoe. position. Louis Briscoe puts Feeder it. Feeding the box. No, he's onside. He's, he's onside. onside. Twist and turns. Chip towards the line. It's over by Lloyd Osawu. Oh, my days. Mansfield carved open at the back. It's a red card. Red card. It's been a red card shown. Who's it to? Who's going to walk down the tunnel? Oh, it's a napka. <laughs> Just excuse me while I get up and do a little bit of a dance. That's that's really uh, helped Mansfield out. That second yeller. Now that has lifted the Mansfield Town fans now. Claude Napka off for a, a harsh challenge on Dan Spence. Luton down to 10. It's Luton 1, Mansfield 0 on aggregate. It's 1-1. One, one. And Mansfield now surely have the advantage. Two subs left to make. Luton down to 10. They've made all three. Oh, so and there we go again. Oh, he's going to be a straight red again. Yes! Yes! A straight red. Oh, straight red. Ford, Alex, Alex Lawless. Luton down to 9. Like Adam Smith was in the air, ready for ready for the ball to come down. Went straight Alex, through him, didn't he? Alex Lawless came straight through him you on cannot, his feet as well, elbow in the back, and uh, you well, cannot challenge like that straight in front of the referee. You He's just seen his teammate as well be sent off. Mansfield just believes Spencer's ball pushed forward to Thompson. Here's Stevie Eistead shoots, but it's wide. A good effort by Eistead. But there's the final whistle, and it's going to extra time. Adam Smith's going to go across the far side to take the corner. Right footed out swinger. Groff staying well inside his half. Spence just on the uh, just on the halfway line as well. Sam with the Naylor creeping forward. Naylor makes the run, chip towards him, up towards Briscoe, headed on. Briscoe oh. over the bar. Great chance, great header, great little move, but just that inch, just inch too high. Back across the face. Go! Here's Briscoe! What's he giving here? Penalty! Mansfield now have a real opportunity and I cannot watch. Louis Briscoe, this is your moment. Keep your head, put it in the net. Send us to Wembley. Runs up. Save! Briscoe on the rebound. Yes! yes. Get it there! Mansfield Town are going to Wembley. Get it there! Just keep my eye on the referee. Oh, the hardest look at his watch. Taken short. Still wasn't clued on to it. Get it clear! Get it clear! And yes! Mansfield are going to Wembley! Mansfield Town are on the way to Wembley! Tom Naylor, who's been the man of the match for me, runs oh, over to the Mansfield in. Town fans. Darlington, watch out! Because Mansfield Town are coming to get you! <sighs> That's incredible! <laughs> I don't know what to say, boys. I really don't. Wow. Honestly, that is the first... I've, I've not listened to that before we decided to do this. I just found it on my computer and just played it. Wow, that's the first time I've heard that back and I can only apologise to every single person listening and have no <laughs> idea how on earth I was ever allowed to commentate. Jesus Christ. <laughs>
Uh, it's quality. It's not as good as Hereford away, but that is my my second favourite. It's your second favourite. In, in, in all seriousness, Nath, obviously, you know, um, as, as, as silly as, as that was, all the jubilation of getting to Wembley, being a fan and seeing your club get to Wembley and things like that, what memories does, does that bring back uh, to you? As you know, you could hear the Stags fans and I spoke a little bit before about the hostility from the Luton fans around me. I think that comes across in commentary there a little bit as well. <laughs> I can just imagine you uh, doing like taking that up uh, up an extra notch just to wind it into whoever that was uh, behind you, you know, kneeing you in the back, and just oh, I could just see you glancing over your shoulder at them. To be honest, honestly, uh, mate, I don't but... like honestly. It's 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 so tight there, the back row and the the fans there, and it must have been this guy who was slightly worse for wear. Let, let's let's say I could smell it on him. All the way through the game, you know, pushing his knees against the back of my seat and slamming his hand, you know, and, and everything like that. And as soon as that second red card came in, I was just like, "I've had enough. I've had enough of you now, mate." To be honest, I've had enough. So, I've never heard someone celebrate um, a couple of red cards so much. To be honest, um, <laughs> I but, uh, the whole how it all panned out, I just think. Um, made it one of those games to remember, you know, never mind the fact that we, uh, you know, obviously got to, got to Wembley from it, but just when you add everything into, into the mix and the way we did it, uh, I think it just made that bit extra. And I'm so glad it was away as well. You know, that it, it just, I think there's something about, you know, I was there and something about being in a, in the away crowd on a situation like that, when you've got, uh, thousands, uh, you know, in, in the home end who are expecting to to to, to roll you over, to present to just come up, come up and and win it in the way that we did. Um, it's, it goes down as one of my, one of my best away days. I, I remember having a massive gash on my uh, on my shin, which obviously was from celebrating that winner. Uh, I didn't notice it until I got home, and uh, there was there's blood all down my leg. I didn't even notice because obviously the the adrenaline from the whole. Uh, uh, yeah, emotion of going through that uh, is just one of the one of the memories that I'll, uh, again I'll, I'll never forget. Absolutely unreal. Well, I've managed to find some more audio for you now, um, and I'm sure you, you're waiting with real anticipation. Um, the heroes that game, David Groff, fantastic in goal, wasn't he? He was. Uh, he, 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 I think he deserves a lot of credit for actually getting us there. Basically, if it wasn't for some of the the, stay, the saves he made in that game, as we were under the clash for a lot of it. Uh, it's one of those, when you're really up against it, you need a good performance from your keeper. And, and thankfully that day, we, we, we got it. Another one, Cam Felton, a uh, young Mansfield player at the time, born and bred in, in, in Sutton in Ashfield and local lad. So he would have known how, exactly how much it meant, was Tom Naylor. Yeah, um, it was just... We didn't really have many homegrown players, obviously, not for a long time. So for Tom Naylor was really the first player that we could actually say, like, right, he is our golden boy. And to play so many games, well, as many games as he did for us, just showed the faith that the the management team had in him and, and the potential that he had. Uh, was it after that, after the season, he went to... Uh, Derby, didn't he? He stayed that, with us. He stayed with us uh, under Coxie for a little while. I think it was probably October time. Um, the following season, he went. 
I'll say so. He's he's had a, a fair amount of time with us. Fair enough, it wasn't like all first team football. A lot of it was youth team football. We were still still the first young player that actually went on to do something and playing regularly for Derby and obviously now playing regularly for uh, Portsmouth. Portsmouth. So it, it, and it, he with, at as well, didn't he? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. As well as a spell at Burton. Yes. Yeah. So he's actually he's another one of our young players that have gone on to have a, a decent career. I don't I can't remember if we got anything for him, but I can't uh, remember. I can't remember. And obviously, uh, you know, the manager as well, Duncan Russell, who, who who pulled it all together, was great. After the game, um, they were presented to me to interview. Um, worth noting at this point. Uh, hadn't done many interviews at at at, um, at this point in my career, um, mainly because of something which happened previously, which we won't talk about. I just I just didn't do interviews. Um, but the opportunity arose to speak to Duncan Russell, to David Groff, and to Tom Naylor. I'm looking at a file on my computer computer in a folder called Interviews, which says Post Luton Russ Groff Naylor. So I'm presuming at some point in my previous life I've edited them all together. Um, there's only one way to find out, isn't there? Here we go. Strap yourselves in. Congratulations on getting to the final. Yeah, uh, you, you look delighted. How are you feeling? Oh, just absolutely ecstatic. I mean, it's it's everyone's dream, isn't it? But, you know, my first time in uh, as a manager at this level, you know, I've, I've been to Wembley before and I've been to playoff finals before, all sorts. But as, as a manager, you know, I'm very, very, very proud to take Mansfield Town. When I say Mansfield Town, I don't just mean Mansfield Town, the players. I mean Mansfield Town, the town. I think we've had two years. It's been a bit barren. And uh, it'd be nice to put a smile on their faces and hopefully, you know, um, they'll enjoy the day out. And I'm sure, I would imagine the whole of Mansfield Town will be empty. They'll all be down in Wembley having a, having a great time. Um, I've just found out, obviously, it's Darlington that's got, got to the final. So that, that, should, that should, should prove quite a, a good final. So, yeah, I'm very, very happy, very proud of my players. I've told them, you know, go and have a nice night tonight and enjoy yourself. But uh, tomorrow, get ready for Monday training session because we need to go to Histon on Tuesday. We need to get a result. Yeah, and uh, today, fantastic word and for me, the, the key word, belief. We went, we won uh, one goal down, and your players really showed it this afternoon and got the victory. Absolutely, you know that that's the important thing about it. That you know, you never ever give up in football. You know, you've got to go to the end. And uh, I, I knew that um, once 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 they'd gone down, once they'd gone down to the to the nine men, I just knew that sometimes during the game we'll, we'll create something. Um, although I thought we could have we could have been played better while they were down to the nine men and moved the ball a bit a lot quicker um, and, f- and find the spare men a lot easier but I, th- I felt some players tried to be, be the hero on the day and score the goal but um, you know I'm very very proud um, I should go back and I'll have a it's, it's a long journey back and it'll be a very comforting journey for me jump in my car go and see my friends have a nice glass of wine this evening and just just reflect on things and then get ready for training on, on uh, Monday Tom Naylor at the back today we, we said in commentary was the, probably one of the real heroes he stood out in the second period uh, fantastic day for him and playing for his hometown club. Oh, I'm just so you know I'm proud of I'm proud of all my players, but p- particularly people like Tom, who's you know he's a young lad. I mean you know his first season in you know we've I've, I've, you know we've put him in the first team and he's going to he's going to he's going to start at Wembley. You know if all being well, um, you know he's got a chance of getting out and, and gracing the that that, uh, that hollowed turf. So I'm very happy for him. I would imagine all the lads are really really happy and proud and they'll be looking because not just the lads but their families as well. So you know it's going to be a great a great time for us. But we've got a lot of other things in between that and I don't want to get distracted we're just thinking about the 7th of May because it's, 7th of May is a long way away we've got to try and start climbing up the table and that's my priority now so that's what I was just about to come to 
now. We've got this eight game ever done with. We're there. How important now is it to uh, focus on the league and use this win to kind of push us on and, and get a progression? Absolutely, because you know, there's there's all those players. Uh, you know, they they've got a, they've got a Wembley final to look forward to. So they've got to perform for me to make sure they're in. To make sure they're in. If they don't do that, then they won't feature. It's as simple as that. So they've got, you know, they're not going to sit back on the laurels and rest. I want to climb up that table. I'm not happy to sit in the middle of this table or below half this table. I want to start climbing up the table. And we've got to start on, we've got to start on Tuesday. So then I'm with the Stags keeper, David Groff. David, the last couple of games against Luton, you must have made about a million saves. You, you've written down in Mansfield folklore now. <laughs> I know it wasn't, it was amazing. Just... Was a both games were team effort, so obviously I made the save, so it made me look really good, and I, I expected a busy game, like both games actually, especially the second one. But I'm just really happy with that great team effort. We're going to Wembley now, so that's all that matters. In the first half, obviously uh, Luton was looking to get a goal back into it, and you made a fantastic point blank stage. I think it was at Barnes Homer. Did you see it late? Did you know anything about it? No, to be honest, I didn't really see it, but I just tried to react to it and. Like that's always been my game shot stopping, so now the boys expect me to make saves like that. So obviously I just, I didn't really know what was going on, it was, it was a, just a reaction save really. We were hit by a goal in the first 30 seconds or so of the second half. Disappointing? <clears throat> yeah, of course. That, when we were in half time, we, we were really happy that we managed to keep them out for the first half. And then they got a goal early on in the second half, we knew it was going to be difficult and a different game from now because we had to score to to get to Wembley so but now all that matters we are, we are going to Wembley and that's it We kept plugging away and plugging away didn't we towards the end and uh, I suppose in the last couple of minutes of uh, normal time we had a corner and you started to sneak up a little bit didn't you? Did you, <laughs> did you fancy having a little run over there in the box? <laughs> I, I wish I could have gone up but no I just I, I was just so excited and I wanted the boys to score and we wanted to finish the game off obviously they were two men down so we just wanted to finish the game off and not go into penalties before Louis' uh, last last minute goal in extra time, looked like it was going to head to penalties. Have you ever been in, involved in a shootout before? Yeah, f- a few penalty shootouts, but nothing. Obviously, nothing as big as this. So this would have been the biggest one. And obviously, goalkeepers really, I, I really fancy going into penalties because I can only be a hero. No one, no one can really blame me if you lose. But I'm just, I'm just really happy that we finished the game off before that. And you truly deserve to celebrate after two fantastic performances in both legs, but. Houston on Tuesday night. Yeah, I've not really got time to celebrate now because we all we all have to stay professional. First, I got to make sure I'm number one at when we get to Wembley. So we got 10, 12 games left till then. So when I said I just I just got to keep playing well and make sure I'm number one when it comes to Wembley. So then, Tom Wembley, well done, congratulations. How are you feeling? Yeah, cheers, mate. Uh, feeling over the moon, really. Um, all the lads are buzzing in the changing rooms, and now we've got. Um, now we've got a road trip back to Manchester and there we'll be buzzing the coach as well. Must it's been quite a week for you, hasn't it? A goal on Tuesday at York and now through to the FA Trophy final. Yeah, was, um, I was over the moon with a goal on, uh, on Tuesday night because my first for the Manchester town. And, uh, but now we've got to Wembley. Um, everyone's, that's what I mean, everyone's buzzing. We, we got there. Now we've got that in the back of our minds. We just need to concentrate on the league now. Duncan Russell, the manager, said that as well. But do you feel like now you've got to the trophy final that the momentum of getting there will help you in the league? Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course it will. Uh, like I said, like um, we're there now. We got to Wembley finals. That's and um, that's not going to go nowhere. So we just need to concentrate on the league and then hopefully get back in the top ten. I genuinely don't know who was more in nervous about doing that interview at the time, me or Tom Naylor. 
<laughs> of course, that was uh, me from nine years ago uh, speaking to Duncan Russell, uh, Tom Naylor and David Groff after the uh, playoff, uh, not the playoff, what am I talking about? After the uh, FA Trophy uh, second leg uh, semi-final uh, win over Luton, which secured our place uh, at Wembley. One man I spoke to in there, Nathan Edge, uh, was David Groff. Um, I had a little wry smile to myself as I was uh, listening back to that for the first time since I did the interview, I think. Um, and he was talking about, I want to keep my place for Wembley. And unfortunately for him, Notts County and the rules and regulations... It, it didn't materialise, did it? Because his loan, if I remember rightly, finished a day before Wembley. Mm. I was just trying to figure out the situation behind it. Cause I know um, Marriott just got back from injury at that point, hadn't he? Yes. So I tried to figure out whether it was he was dropped because of that or there was another reason behind it. So, uh, but so yeah, I think it's a shame he actually didn't get to play there in the end. Whether he would have anyway with Marek coming back or not, we will obviously never know the answer to that, but um, you'd like to think he would have because he, he, he certainly earned it. I seem to remember um, Marriott uh, being injured for, for a lot of it and being out for a lot of it and sort of sitting on the bench and uh, basically only played when he had to play at that point. And I remember uh, Wembley, the whole thing of, of trying to get, you know, appealing to the FA and trying to get Notts County to emergency loaning back and things like that. We tried absolutely everything and I, I genuinely feel really, really sorry for David Groff Cam because <laughs> if it wasn't for him, I, I genuinely believe we probably wouldn't have been, been there anyway. So he deserved his moment. Yeah, and it was just pulled off some, some fantastic staves and it just showed what a fantastic job that he did that we conceded only one goal in that game. And the amount of goals that we conceded in the season as a whole was ridiculous. We had a, we had a, a very leaky defence. Fair enough, we had some all, all right players in there, but it was a very, very leaky defence. So to pull out a worldy game like that under such pressure was, was fantastic. And considering he'd only been at the club a couple of games, not, not particularly long, was, was, was brilliant. And it, it was harsh on him, but... Um, it's just how football goes, and of course, Notts County aren't going to help us. Of course, they're not. So, wouldn't expect any different. And we're going to come very swiftly now to the final itself. You know, Duncan Russell, so good to hear his voice again. And I just remember how much of a really nice man he was to interview and put me at ease, which was great. But so he mentioned in there, obviously, about focusing on the league, which we did. Didn't go quite to plan. Uh, we had some horrible moments uh, between that semi final and. Uh, the final I mean, itself. We, we won at Histon. We did win at Histon, yeah. We did win at Histon. <laughs> well, um, that's probably about it. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to skip forward because, you know, there's not much to remember about that time anyway. We're going to skip forward to the final itself. What does every football team need who gets to a cup final? Nathan Edge. What does every football club need? Um, a leader. Yeah, but, um, but yeah, but no. Cam, have, have a guess. Uh, I, I'd say a a song. Absolutely, they need a song. Bring back any memories? <laughs> oh, it's quality. Uh, for those who don't know, 
This is a track called Blue and Yellow, the MTFC Stags remix by an artist called Troy Brown. Some great lyrics. Hold it down in the blue square, sitting steady. Shouts to Kyle Nix, Adam Smith, Luke Medley. Paul Connor scores goals like double rub. Not dissing Duffy, cause you know we still do a job. Marry Not dissing Duffy, cause you know he still do a job. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, that's dissing it, really. <laughs> <laughs> Absolute bars. Absolute bars. <laughs> Flames. Unreal. I just listened. To, I, I have listened to it back properly uh, earlier, and I'll leave it playing sort of in the background a little bit. Um, but obviously, you know, we need a song. This comes out. What were you thinking the first time you heard this, Nath? Um, I, it's just one of those, isn't it? It's one of them that's it's it's for a special occasion. So uh, I think the older generation thought it was absolutely awful. The younger ones loved it. So, uh, but it's just one of them that. Uh, you wouldn't have had a song if you didn't get to Wembley, so enjoy it. That's very true. Uh, you mentioned, obviously, the older ones not being uh, massively um, uh, thrilled by that song, which led to a supporters group known as the Twelt Stag putting together this. Still heard pretty much to this day on a match day as before the teams come out. Which one do you prefer, Cam Gone? No colours to a mast. Eleven year old at the time, me loved obviously the blue and yellow, but I was a kid, so of course I'm gonna love that. Um I'm sure that wasn't Steve Hymer singing the Elvis bit, because I know he's done that in the past. Uh, it says <laughs> Uh, the track says, uh, by the 12th Stag YouTube channel, which I'm watching, it, listening to this on, 12th Stag unofficial Wembley song 2011 featuring CC Rider. Oh, that's boring. Cause I can remember a game. I can't remember when it was. It had been probably more more conference days. I think Steve Imer sang The Wonder of You on the side of the pitch. So I wasn't sure if it was him or not. But anyway... Uh, yeah, at the time, I thought, oh, yeah, the Blue and Yellow song were great because all the kids were talking about it at school. I was in um, what would have been my last year of primary school. So I was the, one of the oldest in school. So all all the kids were listening to it. It was like, oh, man, because when, obviously, growing up as a Stags fan, it was hell a lot of the time because we were rubbish, basically. So I, I used to get picked on quite a bit for being a Stags fan because all these were Liverpool supporters. And I say that loosely because it's still debatable nowadays whether they are Liverpool supporters or not. But to actually be able to achieve something and then have this song that was relatively popular in the area was like ah, just like a massive middle finger to everyone. It's like, ha, my team can actually do something. Nath, what about you? What colours? Uh, which song are you gonna 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 opt with your anthem? I mean, it's no man's for magic. Let's be honest. It's but, true. Uh, but I, I, I've got to go for the um, for the amber and blue. Although it makes me laugh every time I sing it slash play it, 
because uh, I always get my uh, my partner Emma saying comes up to me and goes, "Will they make the mind up? Are we yellow or are we amber?" I'm like, I don't know. I don't really care. We're both. That's the age-old <laughs> debate, isn't it? Well, there you go. So we had two average um, Wembley anthems. Um, we had suits. We went down uh, on the day. Um, I was fortunate enough um, to go to the press day at Wembley. Um, getting to go behind the scenes at Wembley Stadium was just absolutely phenomenal. Getting to you know go up close and personal with the pitch, have a little tour around the ground. And I was fortunate on the day to interview a number of people in the build-up to it. Uh, John Radford, Paul Connor, who we've since interviewed since on the show, Louis Briscoe, another one, um, Adam Murray, um, and of course the manager, uh, Duncan Russell, and his assistant, Paul Hall, as well. I'm not going to subject Nathan and Cam um, to listen uh, to them, but by the power of editing, this is the thoughts of the Stags camp prior to the FA Trophy final. Dreamt about it. I'm really looking forward to that day. Um, I feel very proud, not just to walk the boys out at Wembley, but you know, to, to represent Mansfield Town. Um, the club means a lot to me. I want the team to be successful, and it'd be a great way to uh, to, to end the season with the uh, with our hands on the um, the FA Trophy. Obviously, we're going to face a good Darlington side, and they're going to try their best to stop us doing that. But um, it's, it's a massive occasion. Hopefully, the players will keep their nerves on the day, and uh, we'll go on to victory. I'm somebody that gives 110% every game, so it's not. I'm not going to be going out there giving 60%. Um, I, I can't play like that, so I'll be doing everything I can to make sure come May the 7th I'm, I'm leading my team out at Wembley. It makes this day and this final even more important for me personally and um, I'll be doing everything I can for us to win it. Luton was the biggest game I've ever played in, um, personally. Uh, you know, to get a goal there was fantastic, even though I did miss a penalty. To get a goal at Wembley would be uh, something that would stay in your mind forever. When it was a uh, minus 15 and playing at Ilkeston against Worksop, wasn't fancying us to, to get to Wembley, to be honest, because that would have been a banana skin in itself. And then, you know, to be here, it's just uh, it's a fantastic experience. Just enjoy it. Come down, support us, enjoy the day, you know, because it's, it's, it's not often in a player's career and in a, in a, in a fan's lifetime supporting a club that... that Clubs like Mansfield and and Darlington and things like that get to get to finals like this. That's the dream, isn't it? That, that you're gonna you're gonna come here and win and uh, and Muzz to come and Adam Murray to come and lift it and the lads be right behind him and, and support him. So that yeah, like you say, that is the dream. So the day itself has arrived Nathan Edge and Cam Felton. Um, as we mentioned at the top of the show, um, we all shared our, our different viewpoints and things as, as well. Let's skip to the end. Poorest cup final ever. Um, first and foremost, as we mentioned before, David Groff una- unable to play. We had injuries and suspensions. We actually only had 15 eligible players to play for the Stags that day. We couldn't even fill a bench. So I am going to uh, have a bit of a bit of a bit of a laugh with you you guys now i want you to pick a number between 1 and 15 whoever thinks they can name the highest will have the opportunity uh, to name that squad cam as you're the youngest pick a number you can go first pick a number how many do you think you can name that were that featured for mansfield that day the fa trophy final 7th of may 2011 how many do you think you can get 10 he's gone for 10 right okay nathan any advances it's on like, 10 uh, it's like a national lottery game isn't it like name them um, <laughs> I mean, I've never seen that. That won't make sense. Um, I don't know. We're around the same, to be fair. You're gonna go for I'll, ten. I'll for eleven. I'll, I'll I'll see if I can beat him. Right, Ooh. go for it. You, you... 
you said eleven, so Nathan, it's it's over to you. If you uh, get if you get one uh, get one wrong, then we'll pass it over to Cam. So here we go. It doesn't matter what order they're in. It doesn't matter. Uh, just uh, name those fifth. Just name those. Uh, name the eleven which you think you can get. Be ready then, Cam. We'll come over to you in a minute. So Alan Marriott. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Tom Naylor. Yes. Yeah. Louis Briscoe. Yes. Yeah. Tyrone Thompson. Yes. Um, Luke Medley. No. Oh. <laughs> so you got four. I thought it was on the bench at least. No, it wasn't even on the bench. Right, go, go on then, Cam. So we've had those four. Uh, carry on. Any advances? Gary Silk. Yes. Uh, Kyle Nix. Yes. George Foster. George Foster. Steve, Steve, Steve Foster. Foster. Ron Foster. Ron Foster. Yeah, Steve Foster. Yeah. Uh, Paul Stone ass. Mm, yes. Bench. Yeah. Um. Uh, okay. Uh, Jump me to fill in the gaps. I said Spence. Uh, we're on Spen- the bench. Spence. Yes. I said no. I'll run through it because I can tell you struggling. Yeah. Uh, so we've got most of them. Alan Marriott, Gary Silk, uh, Steve Foster, Tom Naylor, Dan Spence, Louis Briscoe, Tyron Thompson, Kyle Nix, Adam Smith, Adam Murray and Paul Connor. Uh, the two subs who came on were Ashley Kane and Danny Mitchley. Two unused subs were Neil Collett, the goalkeeper, and Paul Stonehouse. So uh, I'd say you did quite well in, in remembering those. Um, Why did Danny Mitchley not start that game? I know, I don't know whether he was injured or, or whatever, but obviously his goal against Luton was absolutely pivotal as well. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. it's uh, very confusing. I remember Murray having to have numerous injections to play that game. Yeah, yeah well, Murray as was always. injury-prone at this point in the season. Absolutely. Um, obviously, let's go skip through the game itself. Nothing really, really memorable. It's looking like, Nathan Edge, it's going to penalties. And then they score. And... So what's going through your what goes through your mind when you know they stick that uh, ball in the back of the net and uh, you know steal the FA Trophy from us? It was it was gut wrenching, wasn't it? Let's, let's be honest. It was um, we we it just ruined a, a very very good day out basically with the way it all panned out. And all I remember is. Uh, I think every single person around me, including myself, had the hands on their heads because that's just one of those moments where we were just so close to penalties. And I mean, all right, we might have gone and lost on penalties anyway, but to, to lose in such fashion, uh, gutting for us, for us, but jubilation for them. Uh, and was that their last ever game? Or did they have a season after? I want to say the I think they, had, they, they did have a season now I can tell um, you, I can tell you is your your Skype just lagged up a little bit there um you can still hear you though um that it wasn't their last ever game because we actually played them in the league the season after right. uh, there's a photo of me um next to the FA trophy thinking that should have been ours um do you want <laughs> one last little bit of nostalgia before I let you two uh, run off into the night go on then here it is. Be very deep into the Mansfield box, caused Mansfield problems all afternoon, and it comes now. Mansfield need to get it clear into the box. Murray's up there, runs loose off the bar. Darlington, Darlington have won the FA Trophy. Disaster for Mansfield Town. Darlington seal it late. The Quakers have just capitalised on a loose ball, and from the verge of a footballing lottery, Mansfield Town have thrown away the FA Trophy. Another dream has been smashed for the stag. Another Where did dr- you play that? 
Why? Positive about this. <laughs> well, because you know, all good things must come to an end. Oh. And all you know, all good things did come to an end. Um. Just as we bring this one to an end, it's been a bit of a long one uh, today, and we make no apologies for it. It's because we've not actually, as a three, done a podcast for a couple of weeks. I've, you know, sort of gone off and managed to interview Gareth Jellyman and Paul Cox. Have you listened to those episodes yet? Listen to Cox, yeah. Listen to Jellyman yet? Not, not a chance yet. Shocking, Nath. Uh, not yet, but they are on my list to listens, don't worry. I'm sh- well, that's well saved, well, well saved. If you at home haven't listened to them either, head over to our website, mtfcmatters.co.uk, where you can uh, hear those interviews in full. Very insightful from Paul Cox and Gareth Jellyman uh, as well in terms of that relegation season. But coming back to the here and now, obviously, nine years ago on Thursday it was uh, that the Stags were at Wembley Stadium and I think, Nathan Edge, it's fair to say, whilst it was the worst ever Mansfield side, arguably, in recent history, uh, that represented the Stags at Wembley, they A, did as proud, but B, allowed the birth of what was to come. Because I think, without having that taste of what could be at Wembley, we wouldn't have had the fuel to, f- to, to, to fight the fight the next season and push towards the playoffs and promotion. This was arguably, Nathan Edge, the start of Mansfield's current journey. Yeah, I would absolutely agree with that. And like we said, it was probably the the pivotal moment was a few months earlier uh, when uh, John Radford took over the club. And it was a bit of success, although it wasn't full success. It was a little bit of success, uh, which which that was actually something to a little glimpse of in, into the future to to where we could go as a club. And that, that was the start of it all. And and here we are, nine, fast forward nine years later, we're back in the Football League um, and flirting with promotion each year. And, uh, and let's face it, although we're, we're disappointed at, by the end of, sort of the last couple of seasons, we've still got a terrific football club, which is in a hell of a lot better state it is now than what it was back then. So uh, that was certainly the start of a good journey. Absolutely. Cam Felton, anything to add to that? The voice there of Nathan Edge, have you got anything to add? Uh, it was just the start of, of, of what was to come and fair enough we didn't get what we wanted in the end but it was uh, just it just gave us a, a, well the players that stayed that little bit more incentive the following season um, someone like Alan Marriott who had a, had a fantastic season obviously the following season getting to the playoffs and everything and it, it, it was just Fair enough, the season might have been a bit... It was topsy-turvy as a whole, but it gave us that that hunger, that desire as a club and as a town to get back to where where we wanted to see the club doing doing well and, and reaching somewhere like Wembley or reaching the Football League. And obviously, it was a slow process, but we got there in the end. And I think if, if we didn't have that hunger and desire, then our whole story over the last 10 years... Could, could have been totally different. And thank goodness it is different as well because, you know, we talk about um, how Kidderminster went after we picked them to the league title, but we also look at how Darlington went as well in the few years uh, after that. They're on the research now, of course. We wish them uh, all the best in, in their climb back up the uh, football pyramid. But I think one thing you have to be grateful for is moments like Wembley. I personally will never forget walking down Wembley Way surrounded by Stags players, uh, being able to broadcast and being able to commentate on that. I still have 
the microphone which I commentated on, um, the clip which you heard uh, earlier as well. I have to tell you, um, my dad tells this story all the time. Um, he was sat a few, he was on the same row as me, but obviously further round. He remembers looking over and seeing me commentate on uh, that goal, and he says, "You weren't even looking at the pitch. You had your your eyes closed, your head in your hands, and the microphone just underneath." I don't know how you commentated. I remember it vividly. Um, I, I wasn't looking at the pitch. I couldn't bear to watch um, Darlington lift the trophy. I couldn't bear to watch those players in pain on the pitch and you know see all those dreams shattered i actually dropped the microphone by accident at the end and it's got a dent in it but i've kept it ever ever since and it's something i'll never uh, let go of thanks very much uh, to you nathan and cam for for joining us in uh, you know in isolation and, and from a safe social distance and um, we are of course missing football madly we will though continue our pledge um, at least until the end of may uh, by bringing you podcasts every single Saturday. At what time, Nathan Edge? The best time of the week. Which, Cam Felton, is when? Uh, Saturday at 3pm. It certainly is. I've been Craig Priest. I've been joined by Nathan Edge and Cam Felton. There is only one way to end this podcast today, and it is with this. Just kidding, I think once is bad enough. Let's leave it in the memory box nine years ago. Thanks very much for listening. If you're new around here, make sure you subscribe to get all the latest Mansfield Matters podcasts direct to your podcast feed. And of course, join us on social media. We are at MTFC Matters on Twitter and on Facebook. We'll see you at the same time next week. That's the best time of the week, three o'clock on Saturday. On the show for the fans, by the fans. Why? Because Mansfield matters. Ashley Kane picks it up inside. Luton territory. He's got Silk in support. Finds him. He's got Thompson inside but looks to push it towards the feet of Mitchell. It's a great ball. Can he turn inside the air? He shoots. Scored. Mansfield take the lead. What a fantastic goal by the Stacks. Mansfield 1, Luton 0. And it's Mansfield Town who have the advantage. Fantastic break by the Stacks. We feel very proud, not just to walk the boys out at Wembley, but you know, to, to represent Mansfield Town. Um, the club means a lot to me. I want the team to be successful, and it'd be a great way to uh, to, to end the season with the uh, with our hands on the um, the FA Trophy. Back across the face of goal, it's Briscoe. What's he giving here? Penalty! Penalty! Mansfield now have a real opportunity, and I cannot walk. Louis Briscoe, this is your moment. Keep your head, put it in the net. Send us to Wembley. Runs up. Save! Briscoe on the rebound. Yes! yes! Go! Get it there! Mansfield Town are going to Wembley. I'll get it there. When it was a minus 15 and playing at Ilkeston against Worksop, I wasn't fancying us to, to get to Wembley to be honest, because that would have been a banana skin in itself. And then you know, to be here, it's just a fantastic experience. It's not often in a player's career and then when a fan's lifetime supporting a club that clubs like Mansfield and, and Darlington and things like that get to get to finals like this. That's the dream, isn't it? That, that you're going you're gonna to come here and win and, uh, and Muzzet to come and Adam Murray to come and lift it. And, the lads be right behind him and, and support him so that's yeah, like you say that is a dream very deep into the Mansfield box course Mansfield problems all afternoon and it comes now Mansfield needs to get it clear into the box Murray's up there runs loose off the bar it's in Darlington have won the FA Trophy disaster for Mansfield Town Darlington seal it late the Quakers have just capitalised on a loose ball and from the verge of a footballing lottery Mansfield Town have thrown away the FA Trophy another dream has been smashed for the Stags
Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.